let's uh, take a look at the book of Psalms again. We are in uh, we are in Psalm 130 today. We are doing a series of messages that we've called the Summer in the Psalms. We've only got a few weeks to <laughs> we've only got a few weeks of summer left. Teachers, I'm sorry to say that, uh, but we have just a few weeks left in this series. I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, it's been fun. It's been fun to unpack. Uh, what uh, these messages and these scriptures have been saying to us for today. This morning, I want to direct our attention to Psalm 130. Psalm 130. And um, when you came in, you probably saw a uh, communion packet on the seat when you came in. And uh, we'll be participating in communion at the end of our service here today as a response to this message, actually. The title of my message is, Our God Forgives. Our God Forgives. How many of you are thankful today? That our God forgives. And this, this morning's scripture, the psalmist takes uh, a number of verses. We're going to read eight of them together. And he really unpacks this whole idea of the God of the entire universe forgiving us of our sins. And what I, what I want to do is just really look at these verses a little closer than maybe what we would normally look at them. And as a response today, we're going to be reminded that Jesus Christ shed his blood and had his body broken for us so that we might have what the screen says. We might have the forgiveness of God for our sins. Are you, again, are you thankful today yes. for his, thank, for his uh, forgiveness? So I want to take us to Psalm 130. So if you're able to, I want to invite you to stand in honor of God's word as we read this together. Psalm 130. If you don't have your Bibles, you can read uh, what I'm reading. Uh, it's on the screen. If you've got a different translation, no problem. Uh, just follow along as closely as you can, and uh, I'll go ahead and use the translation that Jesus uses. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> I was just joking around. Some of you King Jimmy people, you get all mad. Here we go. All right. Here's what it says. Out of the depths, I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, Lord, who could stand? But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits, and in his word I put my hope. I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning, more than the watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord, for with the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. He himself will redeem Israel from all of their sins. Oh, I'm thankful today that my God forgives. So Jesus, I pray that that truth that many of us have heard over and over and over in church would come alive in a new way today. And so, Lord, I pray that we would never take for granted the grace of God in our lives. So, Lord, speak to us through your word. Remind us, remind us of the power of the covering of your blood over our sins, Jesus. 
And God will thank you for what you do. In Jesus' name, and we all said amen. 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 You may be seated. You may be seated. So we have this just, this beautiful picture, I think, that the psalmist paints for us of uh, the forgiveness of God. I've grown up in church like some of you, and so I have heard that Jesus can forgive me of my sins. I've heard for most of my life that Jesus died for my sins. In fact, I would say that even non-Christians out in the world would, would even say that Jesus died for all of our sins. And so that is, that is a fact that a lot of people uh, probably are aware of mentally. But I want this to sink in from our heads to our hearts today. And growing up in the church, I've heard it so much, and maybe you're like me, if I'm not careful, I could get so used to hearing things like this over and over throughout my entire life. I can get so used to this that I almost begin to take it for granted. And I don't want to be guilty of that. So I found myself, when, when I, I stumbled onto this scripture as I was preparing for this Sunday, and I said, oh Lord, this, I mean, it just... I could sense that God said, this is what I want the people to hear. I could tell from uh, just this urgency that God gave me that there is something that God wants to do in a lot of us to no longer take for granted the grace and the forgiveness of Jesus Christ, the, the, the love and the mercy of God, and oh, how merciful he is. And so I want to show this amazing picture from these eight verses on the forgiveness that God makes available to every single one of us. And I want to break this down in a few small sections here today. You ready? Let me show you, first of all, as I read this scripture, and we're just going to go, we're starting at verse 1, we're going to go to verse 8. I look at verses 1 and 2, and I discover what I would call the confession of forgiveness. There is a confession that comes on our part in order for us to receive forgiveness. Look again at verses 1 and 2. The psalmist said this, Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. May I pause here for a second? Perhaps today you are in the depths of something. Maybe in the depths of sin. Maybe in the depths of some kind of addiction. Maybe you're in the depths of some kind of trouble and it has taken your eyes off of God and you are more focused on other things. Your relationship with God has suffered because your focus has been shifted from God to other things or to your own sin or to some disobedient choices that you've made. So you are in the right place at the right time because the psalmist said it's out of the depths that I cry to you, O Lord. Hear my voice. Let, my, let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. To my cry for mercy. God has orchestrated a way for us to receive forgiveness from our sins. And he made it quite clear that he sent his son to die for us in our place. There's an old song that says that he 
paid a debt that he didn't owe. I owed a debt that I could not pay. And seeing that I was spiritually bankrupt because of sin, and all of us were in the same condition, God sent his son to take the punishment that I had coming upon himself so that I would simply need to cry out to him for forgiveness. See, I want you to understand something. In order for us to receive forgiveness, we need to ask for it. In order to receive forgiveness, you must ask for it. Don't just assume it's coming because you did a lot of good things after you did a lot of bad things. And we're going to look at the scriptures later to to see that there is power when we confess our sins to the Lord. There's an expectation that we cry out to God for mercy, that we confess what our sins are to the Lord. And by the way, that is not for his benefit that we do so. That is for our benefit. When I was a kid, uh, I I would kind of, maybe you were like me, Uh, I I would lay in bed and I'd make myself rapture ready. (laughs) Right? Right? I didn't want to miss it. You know, so, so I, I would lay in bed right before I go to sleep and I would make this blanket prayer. Oh, God, forgive me all my sins. Amen. It's like, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And, and certainly I believe that God forgives us when we call out to him, okay? But I think there is something powerful of confessing our sins to the Lord Amen. and saying, Lord... I found myself the other day, Lord, I didn't represent you very well in that situation, did I? Forgive me for that. Forgive me for my poor attitude that I had there. I really blew it there. And I have, maybe you have those moments too, or maybe it's just me, the sinful preacher. Uh, (laughs) But we all have those. And I think we can say, Lord, I need forgiveness. To those of us maybe who have never, ever made that statement before, or maybe it's been a long time since you've asked God to to forgive you, may I tell you that his grace is still available to you today. And he loves you so much. And he is doing, man, with the gifts of the Spirit today that, that have been moving, I'm telling you, God is trying to get the attention of somebody in this room. I don't know who you are. But I would beg you today, surrender your life completely to Jesus Christ. He is going to great lengths to get your attention. Secondly, we've seen the confession of forgiveness. Let's talk about number two, what I would call the covering of forgiveness. We've seen the confession where we cry out to God for mercy. But now let's take a look at the covering that forgiveness uh, bestows upon us. The covering of it. Look at verse 3. Verse 3 says this. If you, Lord... (laughs) I love this verse. If you, Lord, kept a record of sins, who could stand? Oh, my word. I laugh at these people that, that, you know, 
when they're confronted with their own mortality and their own spirituality, I don't think I've really been that bad a person, they'll, they'll tell me. And, and really, if, if, if the Lord truly had like a whole whiteboard list of our failures and our sins and our moments of disobedience, that would be overwhelming, church. In fact, some of us blew it on the way to church today. <laughs> Don't point. What are you doing? Hey. Hey. But if God kept a record, who could stand? And let me speak to those who you've asked God to forgive you in the past, but you're having a hard time forgiving yourself. Let me say this again. You've asked God to forgive you in the past. That's not the issue. You can't forgive yourself. I believe that not only when God forgives, and and certainly there, there could be some consequences to our actions, okay? If I rob a bank, chances are I'm going to have to pay for that somehow, some way. So sometimes, and I can even say, God, forgive me for holding up that bank. Can I keep money? And and God would say, "Uh, sure, you're forgiven. But the judge would say, "Mm, seven to (laughs) ten. But listen, some of us have a hard time dealing, not with the consequences, but with the shame of what we've done. And shame is like a residue that kind of permeates through a house. Like if if smoke has ever gotten through your living room before uh, or or through your house. And you might have got the fire to stop, but you've got that that film and and, and that gunk that's all over your stuff because of that. That's, That's what guilt and shame is. Because we ask God to stop the fire and we ask God to forgive us, and he certainly does, but... A lot of us haven't done real well in dealing with the shame and the residue and the gunk that comes with that. And and here's what I know about God. When God cleanses me of my sins, he says there is no more sin and there is no more shame. I have covered it all. I have taken it all. And and if, if you feel guilty about a sin that you have asked God to forgive you of. Let me tell you what's going on here. The enemy is trying to condemn you. And I read in Romans 8 verse 1 that there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. That is a tool that the enemy will try to use to discourage you spiritually and to stunt your spiritual growth. Don't allow that to happen. When God forgives, he removes it all. He removes the shame. He removes the guilt. He, re- he removes the penalty of your sin, and God makes us right with him. Are you thankful today? Are you glad that God is not keeping a record of your sins? Can you thank him for that today? Oh, my word. Who could stand? I had a teacher in Bible college. Did you have Charles Harris when you were at CBC? Okay. Charles Harris actually helped Noah build the ark. And, uh, <laughs> been around a long time. He just went to be with Jesus, I think, matter of fact. So that was nice. Um, he, had, he had, oh, I'm one of these people, okay? This is back when they had chalkboards. Now to our students, 
Okay. There was actually a blackboard, and they would actually use the thing called chalk, and they'd use an eraser to remove said contents from the blackboard. Now you got these cool whiteboards, and it's the same concept, okay? He, he would write all over that blackboard, okay? Great. Do you, boo? All right, that's fine. But then when he would want more space, he would like just take his hand and... And he would leave like half a word unerased. Do you know how wrong that is, folks? <laughs> or like when you try to erase the whole chalkboard and you're just leaving li- like to do the whole thing. What are you doing to me? You can't do that. You got to erase the whole board. The whole board. Teachers, hear me. Erase the whole board. Okay? You're going to save your students therapy. Exhibit A. Now, why do, I, why do I tell that story? Because some of us think that God, when he erases the marker board of all of our sins, he keeps a few of them still visible. He doesn't do that. Even the ones that you think are unforgivable. And, and may I just say that your sin is not more powerful than the blood of Jesus Christ. And if you think that, then if you'll allow me to say this, you need to get over yourself because your sin is not greater than the cross. So when God forgives, he removes it all. He erases the entire marker board of our sins. Are you thankful for that today? Number three, let's take a look at the course of forgiveness. I'm moving right along here, I think. The course of our forgiveness. Look at, uh, look at verse 4. But with you there is forgiveness, so that we can, with reverence, serve you. Uh, don't miss this. Don't miss this. You thought forgiveness was just your get-out-of-hell-free card. And sure, there's an element of that. Okay, we know that our sin will cause us to be separated from God. And we know it's the blood of Jesus that keeps us from an eternal life without him in hell. Okay? Awesome. But do you think that's the only reason he forgives you? Do you think that that is the only reason that God forgives you? Just so that you can have everything tied up by the time you die? No. See, God forgives us because... He's got some plans for you while you're still living. And I read this verse again, and it, it, and, and it says that he gives us forgiveness. Why? So that we can serve God. Don't miss this. You have been saved to serve the Lord. You have been forgiven to be a follower of Jesus. God has a job for you. God has a plan for you. God forgives us in order that we might serve him. Yes, he cares about your eternal destination, but he cares a lot about you while you're still here on this earth. And so he forgives you so that you can adequately serve him. God's got a plan for you. 
And part of his forgiveness, the course of that, his whole strategy in forgiving you is so that you can be a person who serves him with all of your ability. In fact, you know what happens when you ask God to forgive you? Then there's this dependence that we have on God. And that dependence causes us to be used in ways that maybe we never thought we would ever be used. You know, you're looking at a guy who, in high school, I hated public speaking class. I was shy, scared. I, I, I know you're thinking, seriously? Yeah. Yeah. Now, some of you are saying, oh, I won't want forgiveness then because I don't want to talk in front of people. Yeah, that's not what I'm saying. But here's the deal. When the Holy Spirit empowers you, he'll cause you to do things and be used in ways that you never thought you'd ever be used. Some of you are doing things right now that you never thought you would do for the Lord. It's because of God's at work in your life. And that's how the Lord does it. You are saved so that you can serve. Friend, God's got a plan for you. Don't lose sight of that. You're not too old. You're not too young. You're not too inexperienced in Christianity. Well, I'm kind of new to this stuff. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. Well, you know, I don't even know how many books are in the Bible. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. He can use you. He can use you. Number four. I'm almost done. Number four. If you attend here, that means nothing, by the way, when I say I'm almost done. The confirmation of forgiveness. How do I know I'm forgiven? Yeah, I prayed the prayer the pastor rattled off. I repeated it. I guess that stuck. I hope it stuck. Am I good, God? And and then I read verse 5. And it says, I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, I put my hope. Remember, this whole psalm, we talked about waiting last week. This whole psalm is talking about forgiveness from God. And the psalmist is saying, I put my hope in what God's word has to say. May I tell you today that if you are doubting whether or not you are forgiven, if you've asked God to forgive you, but you're still having some doubts, you're not so sure it worked. You're not so sure that you did it right. And my goodness, sometimes I think the American church has made getting saved harder to do than what Jesus intended it to be. So here's what I know. I know what the word of God has to say. So I don't have to rely on what some person had to say. I don't rely on what some TV evangelist had to say. I don't rely on what some person who I'd never met who had a word for me has to say. Here's what I rely on. The psalmist said, I put my hope in God's word. May I show you what God's word has to say about God's forgiveness? 1 John chapter 1, verse 9, a scripture that is written to a bunch of people that are trying to follow Jesus, says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Are you thankful his word says that? 
oh, I'm not done. Psalm 103, verse 12 says, as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. If you've asked God for forgiveness, he has taken those things away. How about Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7? Paul is writing to a church, and he says, In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace. We have the forgiveness of sins through the blood of Jesus. One more, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25. I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. Are you thankful today that he does that? See, because here's the deal. I've got plenty of people, and I bet you do too, we have plenty of people in our lives that will remember our sins. In fact, they might even cash in that receipt once in a while. But then I look at what God has to say, and God blots out my transgressions, and he remembers them no more. That is the confidence that I have and the confirmation that I have in the word of God. And that's this. If God's word says it, I believe it. Doesn't matter what anybody else says. I know what God's word says. And that's what I hope in. That's what I hang on to. Finally today. I want to identify the completeness of forgiveness. Because there's some of you, maybe those of you watching online even, you might think that 95% of your stuff, God will forgive. But then there's that 5%. The time that you really blew it, That time that you really made a mess. That time that you hurt the people around you. And you think that God just cannot get over that one or those. And then I read verses 6 and 8 at the end of this psalm. And the psalmist says, I wait for the Lord more than watchmen wait for the morning. More than watchmen wait for the morning. Israel, put your hope in the Lord. Israel, by the way, is God's people, okay? So let's substitute that for God's people. God's people, put your hope in the Lord. For with the Lord is unfailing love. Can I just pause on that verse? Unfailing love. You will never find a love more pure and consistent than the love of God. God's love is not a light switch that just goes on and off based on your conduct. God's love for you is the most consistent thing that you will ever experience. If you have been at your worst, he still loved you. If you've been at your best, he still loved you. There is nothing you can do to change God's love for you. Nothing. There is nothing you can do to make it better. There is nothing you can do to make it worse. His love is unfailing. It is consistent. He loves you no matter what. Can you say amen to that? For with the Lord is unfailing love, I'm at the bottom, and with him is full redemption. 
full redemption. Not the majority, but full redemption. He himself will redeem God's people from all. Everybody say all. all. From all their sins. Not most of your sins. Not half your sins. All of your sins. That's how complete the grace of God is. Even when other people can't forgive you, God will forgive you. Even when society and our culture would not forgive something that you've done, God will forgive you no matter what. God will forgive anyone at any time for anything. There is not one person within the sound of my voice that is outside of the grace of God. He loves you. And he will forgive you. Jonathan, if you can come to the platform, we're going to serve, well, actually, we're going to enter into a time of communion. This will be a little bit different in that I'm not going to lead you through this process. And first of all, I want to make sure that everybody has a communion packet. Does everybody have one that needs one? Okay, we'll make sure. Hand them out to people that need them. Can, can you hand them out to people that might need them? We've got some people that in the back. There we go. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to recite First Corinthians chapter eleven for you today. Um, I'm going to give you a time to have communion on your own, just you and God. So what I felt the Lord leading me to do is just to give you a chance to be alone in this presence. You take the bread and take the cup when you're ready to do so today. But I do want to take you to a scripture from when Jesus was at that last supper with his disciples. Chapter 26, beginning in verse 26. It says, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat, this is my body. And then he took the cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. Without Jesus' blood, there is no forgiveness. You are able to ask God for forgiveness today because of the blood and the body of Jesus Christ. And so, I'm going to pray. And Jonathan's just going to lead in a few songs. And we're just going to create an atmosphere where the presence of God is just very real. And maybe you need to ask God for some forgiveness today. <laughs> Do that. God is here and he wants to get your attention and say, I'm here to forgive you and give you mercy and grace. And so after you've done that, then... 
thank him for his broken body. And then thank him for his shed blood. And then maybe you just want to sit in his presence and just give him praise for the forgiveness and the mercy that he gives you. And when you're done with God and he's done with you today, I want to encourage you to consider yourself released at that point. But let's not disturb anybody who might be lingering here, worshiping God, praying to God, just sitting in his presence. Let's not be a distraction to any of them. Rather, if we fellowship, let's do so in the lobby. But in here, let's make our conversations to and about Jesus Christ. Can we do that? So Lord God, we come to you and I thank you for your son. Jesus, I thank you for your sacrifice for us on the cross. God, you are a God who forgives. Jesus, you demonstrated that as you paid my debt on the cross. Holy Spirit, it is you that leads us closer to you. And now I ask you, Lord, that as we sit in your presence and we partake of the bread and the cup, Lord, let us be reminded of the power of the grace and mercy and forgiveness of God. And Lord, may this not just be a moment at the end of a service, but God, may we live this out and walk this out when we leave this place, knowing that no matter what man says, no matter what I say, if I have asked you for forgiveness, it is done. It is done. And I am free in you. So Lord, meet with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. When you're finished, you can consider yourself dismissed. God bless.